Hey guys, this is Shell, your Rolling MC, and welcome to Season 7 of Hitting the Streets Podcast Show. Get an insider's look at small businesses, entrepreneurs, nonprofits, musicians, artists, and events in the North Texas area with Hitting the Streets podcast. Tune in to the series of interviews available on popular podcast platforms such as Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Stay updated by following me, your Rolling MC, on social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Learn more about my podcast and services by visiting my website at www.hittingthestreetspodcast.com. Don't miss out on the latest buzz here in the North Texas area. Join me on Hitting the Streets Podcast today. And now, on with the show. Hey guys, this is Shell, your Rolling MC, and welcome to season seven of Hitting the Streets podcast show. So tonight, guys, I have the honor of having J.K. Hill. I'm going to say J.K. Hill, um, who is campaigning for um, the district attorney. And what I would like for you to do, sir, is introduce yourself. Now, I know you have several different names here. We have John Kermit Hill and J.K. Hill and Hill. So tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> well, it's true. Uh, I go by John. I go by Kermit. Mm-hmm. Some people just call me Hill. Some call me John Kermit. Uh, not that many, except my mom did. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> and I get a little bit of the J.K. thing, especially it's become more popular uh, lately, I think. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but... Um, yeah, I I grew up uh, in school. Everybody knew me as John. Gotcha. At home, since my dad was John, uh, my mom called me Kermit so that she wasn't yelling out John and both gotcha. of us responding. Gotcha. Um, when I, I actually tried to transition to using Kermit at one point in high school, didn't really take. Didn't work. <laughs> and, and the reason I tried it is because, you know, there were 400, 400 people in my class, 2,000 in school. And back in the day, we didn't have uh, as tight of restrictions on being in the hall. So there's 2,000 people walking around the halls. Somebody yells out, hey, John, I'd turn around so with six other guys. Right. That's so yeah. <clears throat> I did try at one point, I think my junior year, to switch over to Kermit. It just didn't work out too well. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, when I went to Grayson, I did switch to Kermit, and that uh, actually took hold pretty well. Yeah. When we went to UT Dallas, they went by first name, so I was back to John. Right. When I started Baylor Law School, I knew that I was going to come back and practice with my dad, John D. Hill, and with John Ellis Jr. Okay. And so I'm thinking, okay, people are going to call, and they're going to say, I need to speak with John. And they say, you want to speak with John Hill or John Ellis? John Hill. You want the young John Hill or the older John Hill? And so I decided, let's make this easy. Uh-huh. And I decided I'd go by Kermit. I thought it was kind of boring in a way. So I wanted to put the J out there, J. Kermit Hill. There you go. And you go. Uh, so that's what I did uh, most of my uh, career. Uh, about two years ago, I decided to reopen my office. I'd had my own office okay. uh, before. And Here I, in Grayson County? Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and 
and I had, I had been, I'd always worked here. Okay. So let's see. I had worked, uh, I've always worked in, in and around Sherman, Grayson County. Um, I have, um, from October of 05, 05 to March of 07, I worked with a big firm in downtown Dallas. Oh, okay. And yes, I drove six days a week back and forth. I used um, to do that drive too, long, long time and, ago days, and, Ooh, and, for six and, years. And I learned real quick mm-hmm. that you'll spend more time on the road yes. if you go at the wrong time. Yes. So I'd leave early and yes. I'd come back late. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that's just what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a friend in law school that was the managing partner of the firm down mm-hmm. there. He needed a little appellate specialty. And so he asked me to come work with him. And I did that for a year and a half. Um, but then decided I need to be back, mm-hmm. you know, back at home. Sure. I had been with my dad's firm, um, leading up to that. <clears throat> when I came back in 07, I decided not to join the firm again and just opened up law office at J. Kermit sure, Hill. Sure, sure, sure. Makes sense. In about 2011, I had a longtime friend and excellent lawyer in McKinney that asked me to come work with him. Um, and so I started working in McKinney, um, and that was a good thing. The firm later merged with a Dallas firm and that was good. It was all good. But, um, a couple of years ago, I decided it was, I just didn't really want to do that anymore. Right, I wanted, right. the, the firm dynamics were changing a little bit. Sure. And so I just wanted to come back, uh, and do my own uh, do your own thing. So I, how long have you actually been in this business? How many years? In May, it'll be 37 years. So. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously? You look good, too, for 37 years being in the law firm. Uh, I, I tell you <laughs> That's what. That's a long time uh, doing this business. Uh, <laughs> it's a wonder that my hair didn't turn white. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be honest. Um, the law practice is a hard thing to do. I believe uh, it. But is what it is. Yes, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> then what motivated you to run for this office? Um, because my dad practiced in Grayson County for 50 years, and uh, a huge chunk of my practice was with him, which was awesome. A lot of people didn't understand, well, how do you practice law or hang around with dad that much? My dad was my best friend throughout my whole life. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was easy for me because I knew what kind of man and attorney my dad was. And it was just an honor for me to get to learn from him mm-hmm. and get to, I mean, I remember when I was 16, we went out to Blackwell, Texas, out in Southwest Abilene. We were, this was one of the hunting leases that we had out there. And we'd pull up at two in the morning and Mr. Carpenter came out with a sawed off shotgun. And I said, it's all right, Mr. Carpenter, it's just us hillboys. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how my dad and I were, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were just the hillboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, and as long as I've been practicing, um, if anybody's going to be part of the good old boy system, I could be that guy. I have never believed that that was the way things were supposed to work. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that that is what constitutes liberty and justice for all. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's been um, some efforts made in recent years to get some, get rid of some of the good old boy system. I think that uh, it's time to finish that task. Um, I do not like to see the deals that get made that Certain mm. people get a hard deal while mm. other people get a good deal. Mm-hmm. To me, it's very mm. simple. <clears throat> there are facts and circumstances of a case that mm-hmm. are to be considered. And then that's going to help determine 
within that range, um, you know, we got bookends here within that range where a plea bargain should be or the charges that you should seek and what you should go to trial on. Mm-hmm. Um, those factors, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that as far mm-hmm. as the, the nature of the crime, the, the, the mens rea or the mental aspect, the intent and so forth, or if it's just recklessness or whatever. Sure. Um, you know, whether there's death, serious bodily injury, property damage, the extent yeah. of that property damage and so forth. Um, but what doesn't come into play <laughs> is who's, um, you know, who, who's the name of whoever you're dealing with or who they know, mm. how much money they have, mm. whether their skin is mm. white, black, black yep. brown, yellow, the color they it, skin. it does not mm. matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you're on this side of the, 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 t- of the town mm. or that side, side of town, mm-hmm. what kind of car you drive, mm. uh, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, Ooh. those things don't matter. Uh, and I'm just saying they don't. Uh, people ask me questions, you know, about uh, how do I feel about certain things? And then, you know, they're, they are, um, they're, they're fine um, societal issues. Uh, they mm. are fine uh, things to talk about from a political standpoint. But as district attorney, I don't really need to know those things. They don't. They should not figure in either the law's been violated or it hasn't. Or it hasn't. And yes. if yes. the law's been violated. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter these all these other factors. Mm-hmm. That doesn't determine what should happen with that case. Right. And so there needs to be a focus on the factors that matter and not those other factors. So, you know, I went to the debate because um, I wanted to hear what both sides had to say. I, I will be honest with you. I wasn't impressed because I felt like there was um, something else going on. I felt like there was a lot of tension and maybe because it was just me picking up all the tensions that were um, um, in the, in, at the court uh, County court. I, I feel like that there wasn't, I don't, I don't know. I, I heard your opponent talk that he, I felt like he was just making sure that he was winning his case, so to speak. And the, and I listened to you too, and I felt like there was maybe a sense of nervousness. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I will tell you this: what I what I disliked, I dislike your opponent calling out, and I'll say his name, Mr. Palmer, calling him out like he did, knowing that that man watched his wife pass away. Um, I, I think that was despicable. Um, I don't think that should have happened at that point in time. Um, that debate wasn't about that. You know, we have a life that was lost due to a situation that happened. And I will give you credit on the way you stood up and spoke facts. I will, because that's some of us don't know. We, we've heard the rumors, we've heard the talk about the town, but what were the true facts about it all? And I feel bad that Mr. Palmer had to sit there and listen to that. Um, I feel like it was very hurtful. And in my opinion, I wouldn't want to vote for anybody that is going to do that to an individual knowing that a tragedy happened, a life was lost. As a matter of fact, he was hurt too. His back was broken. Absolutely. His back was broken. 
I don't know with me and my attitude. Y'all know I have attitude. If that was my husband, I, I don't know if I could have remained or, or held my composure because I felt like that was a direct attack to that man. Um, I am thankful for what you said and stood up at that point in time. I felt like he got a rise out of you and you stood up and was like, nah, bruh. <laughs> no, you didn't say that. That's me saying that. But, you know, um, that was needed to be said because I felt like everybody was upset when that, when that happened. Well, <clears throat> I tend to be low key most yeah. of the time. Um, when I spoke one time uh, at an event uh, last fall, uh, I started out by asking everybody if they were excited about certain things. And I told mm -hmm. them I was excited. And I said, yes, this is me excited. <laughs> and um, like, are you, are you? <laughs> I, I have um, been very successful in my career, mm -hmm. uh, trying cases, judges, injuries, and not trying to sensationalize things, not trying to grandstand. Uh, it's been my experience that in general, judges really don't care for that. They've seen enough. They, so want, they want to hear the facts mm -hmm. that address the elements of the case. Mm -hmm. And if you can lay out those facts and show them the law, that's what they need to know to make a decision. Absolutely. Um, I do get um, more animated or more excited about stuff uh, in the right situation. And yes, um, for my opponent to attack John Palmer and act as though he's uh, a criminal uh, and more recently to uh, mm -hmm. call him and his supporters mm -hmm. seeking justice in Grayson County to call them a cancer mm -hmm. and to call them idiots. mother effers and, and idiots. Um, yeah, that is uh, horrendous. Mm -hmm. It is. Uh, I, I believe that uh, the whole process uh, of how that case was handled was uh, insult to injury. Mm -hmm. And uh, the comments at the debate were just further insult to injury. To hear this recording earlier this week right. is well, just outrageous. It's insult to the entire community, in my opinion. It is. Because you're calling it out like you realize that some of these people that you're calling it out voted for you, dude. So what the hell? And this is my podcast. So I can cuss if I want to. But I was just seeing like that right there took me back. And it just made me think how our community can't move forward because of things like this. And for people like this, like how do we get rid of that cancer? That's cancer, in my opinion. And I'll say that I'm saying that because, you know, we all know they're going to listen to this podcast and watch this video. And I am saying that, right? Because I want them to know that that is not what I want the next generation or my grandchildren growing up with like, growing up with stuff like that. That needs to be gone. We are in the 21st century. We are not back in the 50s and the 60s dealing with that, what we dealt with back then. You know what I mean? I like we have to come from that. Having conversations like this work, doing podcasts like this work, sitting down at the table, you know, trying to figure each other out, working things through. Right. But that debate just was not, it just, I I just, I wish I wouldn't have gone. So like you said you know? a minute ago, though, uh, and I appreciate that you appreciate I brought some facts into yes, the situation. Yes, you did. Absolutely, you did. I, I could tell you, we could spend the next hour mm -hmm. of me telling you, I, I think so many people, uh, especially even people in Denison where more people know the, the Katie Palmer case, mm -hmm. um, 
most people still don't really understand Mm -hmm. number one what went wrong out on the location Mm -hmm. and number two what went wrong and wrong and wrong Mm -hmm. at the hands of the district attorney Mm -hmm. and um you know i mentioned a few things uh that night Mm -hmm. Uh, and one thing i tried to do at one point was you know imagine you're walking on a tuesday morning at 7 a.m in your residential neighborhood you're walking on the opposite side you're on the shoulder of the road and you know this is what happens and uh but then imagine that after your wife has passed and you finally healed and you go to the district attorney and and you're trying to figure out hey what's going to happen here and you're concerned that things don't seem to be moving and after you've done three tours in the navy for your country Mr. Smith sits across the table from you and says, says, stop your jihad because Mr. Palmer was trying to get attention and understand how do the wheels of justice work? Mm -hmm. Um, Right. There's no excuse for that. But then again, the things we've talked about, these other comments, there's no excuse. There's no excuse at all. And Um, I think if you're representing Grayson County (laughs) as a whole, let's just do a real quick history, real quick. I joined a committee for the Sherman riot, uh, 1930, the marker. We had to deal with that. It was an ongoing uphill battle for, you know, just for many reasons. And I didn't understand that then. Right. Then this situation, another situation where we just don't understand how one individual gets this type of treatment, but you put another man, you know, behind bars for pretty much, you know, around the same, same thing, like right. what's going on with this. And then you watch things over and over again as the one particular individual kept getting away with DWIs, kept getting away with driving drunk, kept getting away with doing these things. But he hold the cards where we couldn't get a marker at that point in time. Right. right? So you see these things continue on. And Sherman has been in the newspaper for how many things that is just stacked against us every time we turn around. Sherman's in the light for this. Racial discrimination. Sherman's in the light for this. Transgender. Sherman's in the light for this. Like, it's always something that's a negative for us. And I, well, I know we're good people. I know we're a good community. But how do we get those type of cancers out of here? If you want to call something a cancer, that's a damn cancer to me. Right. It, it's not helpful. For, and we're still not on topic, y'all. We're just talking now. <laughs> it's not helpful for Fox News on November 27 of 2023 to say that Sherman Denison is the drunkest city in the state of Ooh. Texas. Uh, That's right. It's it's not helpful for Sherman to make the for Grayson County to make mm-hmm. the news uh, because our county judge was uh, arrested for and you know anyway he was arrested and prosecuted for his fourth. A DWI that occurred while in office. Right. And as Mr. Smith pointed out, uh, he recused himself off that transfer to another county. Right. He wasn't the one that uh, uh, did the uh, plea bargain on that case. However, he did stand on the courthouse steps and endorse Mr. Majors mm-hmm. for reelection. Yes. And I will tell you, I mean, since I grew up here, unlike Mr. Smith, um, Bill Majors is a year younger than me. We were friends uh, growing up. Um, our moms were friends, and we were in a carpool together in grade oh, school. Yeah. And uh, since I was a year older, I started moving through middle school and everything. And, uh, you know, so Bill and I didn't really run around together. 
Sure. I got thinking about this the other day. Um, I, I've always considered Bill a friend. I still sure. do. He sent me a friend request on Facebook. Oh, so it's official. Yeah, yeah. He, he sent me a, a he sent me a Facebook friend request so a, a couple of months ago. Okay, and so it's legit now. And 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 I accepted it. Oh, and I have always considered him a friend. Yes. It, it's it surprised me when I thought about it. I don't think we've ever been to lunch together. Yeah, but I still consider him a friend. Sure. And I mean this with all sincerity. If I, I believe that Bill is doing well. Mm-hmm. Um. I hope he is yeah, for himself is and for everybody else. I hope he is too. And at the same time, if he were to fall off the wagon again, and I'm serving Grayson County as district attorney, I will encourage him. I will pray for him. I'll still be his Facebook friend, I suppose. <laughs> and I will see that Grayson County is protected, mm-hmm. even if it means putting him in jail. Mm-hmm. Because we simply can't let this reputation continue to exist Mm -hmm. that we're going to let these things go. Mm -hmm. And if we let them go for public officials who are supposed to be holding our public trust, then, you know, okay. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's it's, it's a problem. It is. And I know we're so off topic real quick, guys, I'm going to take a break (laughs) and we're going to come back. I, I think part of that is because you and I are passionate about, you know, our, what, what we're talking about moving forward, our future, our growth, growth for this community. I mean, here's the deal. We're growing at a very, very fast rate and we've got other people, other uh, residents that are coming here and um, they're not all, they don't all fit that, <laughs> that little box, right. you know? So we've got to make some changes within our own community in order of us to continue the growth and, and to continue to have, Better opportunities for people. That's just my opinion. I, I'm a. You, I think everybody knows that I have a stance on diversity and equality and making sure that everybody is unified in this town. And that that's just hasn't happened yet. I don't think. I think. I think there's. I think it's there. And I see several people working together, but it's not. It's not all the way. There. I know it's your show. I do not want you getting crosswise from me. Uh, <laughs> If, if there's a moment and you can always, you know, cut this out if you're having to edit for time. Um, but back on uh, the issue that I talked about and I mentioned, I had 30 seconds to rebut at one point. Yes. yes. And, and I said, you know, forget what Tarif Al-Khatib did on the street and what happened out there. Um, and, you know, we can ignore what sounds, uh, what proves that there's uh, a friendship um, mm-hmm. um, that wasn't previously disclosed. When you're offering to give someone $5,000 uh, for their personal life and you're saying, hey, call me at 2 in the morning, you're, you're pretty good friends. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But don't hide it and act like it didn't exist. Right. Uh, don't hide that you uh, defended uh, Miss Foster on a DWI years ago. Um, but uh, what I was talking about, there's plenty of uh, stuff to talk about with regard to the DA's office handling uh, the the Corey Foster case, the mm-hmm. uh, Katie uh, uh, Katie Palmer case, and for instance, um, I mentioned that Mr. Smith commissioned a uh, uh, accident reconstruction uh, report, um, and then went to the grand jury just days before that re- report would have been in hand. Um, 
And I mentioned that uh, he did not have the other two troopers' body cams where they're talking about this alcohol issue in the history of alcohol. Right. And and, and so he didn't have those body cams when it went to the grand jury the first time. The reason he had them the second time is because John Palmer obtained them through Freedom of Information Act request and gave them to the district attorney since he wasn't doing his job. The phone records that I said uh, that... Mr. Smith did not have when the case went to the grand jury the first time. Mr. Palmer obtained those through subpoenas through the civil lawsuit, and he gave those to the district attorney who could have got them like that. So basically, basically, Mr. Palmer did his job. Mr. But, Mr. Palmer uh, did. Yeah. And and so there's one of two things. You can either say, well, there's incompetence, or you can say there really was not a genuine effort to get an mm-hmm. indictment for the loss of that mm-hmm. woman's life. Um, and, uh, the second time that the case goes to grand jury, finally at the uh, urgency or the urging of Mr. Palmer, he wasn't allowed to testify about what happened to him and his wife that day could be very important to a a grand jury hearing for the first time, this, this evidence, um, it'd be, you know, arguably obvious Mm -hmm. that, um, the grand jury needed to hear right. what actually happened out there that day. Right. Mr. Palmer wasn't allowed to do that. Mm. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, this is Shell. Thank you so much for listening to the first part of J.K. Hill's interview. I will be dropping the second part on Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to my Spotify, Amazon, and Apple Podcasts so you can tune in. All right, guys, that's it for me. You're Rolling MC. Catch another episode on Hitting the Streets.